0: Welcome back to another episode of Opera Omnia. This is season three, episode number three. On season three of Opera Omnia, like we do in every season, we turn our attention to the body of work of one director. Season three is long form. We're going the whole year looking hardcore and deep into the work of David Fincher. Every season has a resident guest host who will join me on that journey. Season three will see me partner up with a man that some people would argue a podcast too much with, and I would say, yes, yes, you're right. Uh, he is, he's a dear friend of mine from Duncan and Bo I'm correct, he is the showrunner on Legion Podcast Network, he's got Hero Hero go Show, Pick Six Movies and God knows what else is in that madman's brain, how are you doing Bo Ransdell
1: I'm doing very well I would like to know who it is that's been saying that we should podcast less <laughs> I, love I find idea. that upsetting
0: <laughs> I love the idea that Bo's like, thanks for that lovely intro, someone talking shit about me
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean fuck around and find out, That's that's where I come down on that
0: no, cast, no, no, no! Casting shade um, on this,
1: yeah, right? Do you understand that magic is happening right now? <laughs> anyway, um no, it, it's great to be here I, again. I love doing this sort of long form mm. look at a particular director, especially a director like David Fincher. That's really interesting because you know we've we've been or I've been. I don't want to lump you into this category. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to drag you into my personal hell. But you know, I'm very forgiving of Alien Three for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Seven comes along. Yeah. And you're like, oh my god, this guy, this this guy might be a genius. Mm-hmm. And then something like the game happens to you, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, all right, he's he's only human. He can bleed. <laughs>
0: Not bad for a human. Um, Yeah,
1: he's not a god.
0: Um, (laughs) This is the one that, like I said up front, I remember seeing it when it came out, and I thought it was okay. And then I have had absolutely zero urge, inclination, or even enthusiasm to sit down and watch this movie again, which is why I spent £35 British on the Arrow Academy limited one of three thousand collectors edition set of this and like sometimes I, I look at my life choices and i'm like there's you're dying on the wrong hill duncan
1: <laughs> yeah i'm i'm not sure i can totally get behind that one it's
0: i mean i respect it but it's a
1: beautiful set As it comes i'm in, sure it is
0: comes in a book like a hardback book which has been all crafted with stuff that i'll probably never read but it's there bro and if, I, if the inclination arises i can sit down and watch it. We're in an interesting territory again because he hasn't disavowed this movie but Fincher himself has said he's actually not overly satisfied with the end product. He, he, he was going through uh, a bit of a messy time with his, I want to say then wife, I don't know if he's remarried since so let's not cashier there, um, but apparently there was a lot of issues uh, going around creatively with his wife at the time which he said hampered his attention on the project and i mean mm, maybe we'll wait and see i think it's very easy to say that <laughs> like it's very uh, ultimately the buck stops with you you're the director so huh.
1: been
0: <laughs> yeah, through, like, uh, he's been through a shitty time before so i want to see that when fincher makes a movie the end result unless there's massive studio involvement the end result is a fincher movie
1: I, Yeah and just because you had your feet up on this one you know that's a kind of a weak excuse man like you know this is your follow-up to seven Mm -hmm. when all eyes are on you and i understand like yes going through personal stuff and sometimes you can't help but let that spill over into your work life and and that kind of thing so i get it i'm not completely unsympathetic to the notion but it's still a disappointment. I I think this movie kind of reflects a if not a lack of attention, certainly not the like micromanaging level of detail of something like 7. Yeah,
0: there's a degree of hubris in this one, I think. You know, and the way it's the way yeah. it's constructed, and the way it's delivered, almost as if like, well, I, you know, no one expected Seven to be this great movie, and no one did. Well, like, I think, I think even what we said ourselves, uh, Fincher said at the time when he managed to secure both Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt and Kevin Spacey, was, you know, this is, you know, this is not going to be the movie that you're going to be remembered for, but this is the movie you're going to be proud that you made, um, and in this one. I just get the feeling where he's like that. I've got more money now. I can do something on a bigger scale. I, can, I clearly enjoy doing dark kind of uh, mysteries and character pieces. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go big here on this one. I think in by going big with the story that he's given, which we are going to get to after the first break. I think there are bits where it feels like that. Feels a bit sloppy there. It's not as tightly executed as. Seven and subsequently movies that come after this where I feel like he's got a real like the the string is so taut on this thriller that, you know, if we notch it one step tighter it's gonna snap. Where in this one kinda feels a bit flabby. So <laughs> you know what I
1: mean? Yeah, I I was able in watching it this time to identify the two essential problems I have with mm-hmm. this movie.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: which was nice. I, I I can I can kind of codify it now. Mm-hmm. And and number one with a bullet, Duncan.
0: <laughs> it's Michael Douglas. <laughs> is it, it not so what, much Michael actually, I've, I've done a one eighty on this, by the way, because I did not like him in this, but I actually do like him in this now. So, uh, which is I, yeah, weird. I, he's got there. There are some
1: great moments in it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't think this movie is absolute garbage or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. It doesn't totally work for me, and one of the reasons isn't necessarily Douglas's performance. It's the fact that it takes so long for the movie to give you a reason to root for this character. Yeah, that by that time,
0: <laughs> and I think. Do you and I ever think he's actually? Good. Do you ever actually root for? I'd like, I don't want to spoil the conversation for later on, but. Like yeah. but by the end of this movie, I was like, Oh yeah, rich people celebrating, being rich. Awesome.
1: Right. <laughs> oh, right. But the end of the movie kind of undoes. But there's that scene in the uh in the diner mm-hmm. when he gets back across the border. Yeah. And, which is a great moment. And it's like, man, this this scene should have come twenty minutes earlier. <laughs> and there should have been more of him like like because the whole movie is essentially uh an ebenezer scrooge kind of film it's
0: it's like it's like what would happen if someone took i don't know requiem for a dream and brundle fly it with trading places <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah like what if a rich person
1: hired a super wealthy company to fool a rich person into being poor so he can appreciate being rich again (laughs) is kind of the plot of this movie and that's why it's hard to get behind because it's like it's like if you heard that like some republican super PAC donors had pulled some shit like this you'd be Mm -hmm. like all right yeah that sounds like something that that these fucking you know super villains would do and (laughs) and that's that's one of the big problems of mm-hmm. the movie is mm-hmm. is that it's that as just a normal shnormal person mm-hmm. as, as they're called duncan i
0: believe that's the exact term in the dictionary it's
1: scientific <laughs> uh normalist schmormalist <laughs> <laughs> um as but as a normal person the seeing this morality tale of a dude who's shitty to servers mm. and ends up in a bad place as a result of it only to just be okay and be rich again not even shitty to it.
0: servers like shitty to people like his just, one of his right, dad's just, oldest friends he shows up with a right like, like this like, i get rid of you the stock price goes up like, There's literally justification, but we're not going to we're not going to go any further, bro. Because like, I feel we're yes. going to talk about it all, and we're not going to be there. And then when we come to the bit where we, we'll get there, we'll be like, "Well, yeah, remember when I said?" 20 yes, minutes we, ago? Were there. No, we were already there. We're already there. We're not going to we're not going to do what David Fincher does in this movie. And yes. you know, we're, we're, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Um We obviously have this movie to discuss, but then we are we are our, our next stop on the the Fincher journey. Is another movie that you're not overly fond of, like, which, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which once again just blows my mind. And I, I'm, I'll be honest with you, like the one that I have kind of penciled in as this is going to be my favourite discussion of the season was not seven although i think we fucking nailed that bull. um
1: did well we we did did well
0: we did we we can we can say that we did well um but it's it's fight club Uh, because i only until recently found out that you weren't much of a fan of that movie and i really like it so i I like i'm most looking forward to that we have to get through this first so what what we need to do in order to get through this first To get to that movie The move.
1: game, the show we have to get through <laughs> Way to sell it to the audience
0: Duncan. Yeah, I, I, I got a feeling though I, I genuinely, because this is, once again Without stealing too much Critically well received Like this movie holds a, a surprisingly High rating from You know, critical based Websites and critics yeah. alike Where I'm like that, Really? <laughs> Like, but I think that's the the
1: the danger of like aggregate sites. No, I mean like, I think, like 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 what, someone like Roger, tepid- Ebert,
0: like someone like Ebert gave this a three out of four. Yeah, but what do you? I, I think that's
1: right over a two. You know, like it's one of those things like, yeah. I feel like it's it's a victim of tepid response, where it's like,
0: yeah, it's fine, yeah, but it's like you people know, saying, people like forgive the end of this movie, like, well, yeah, we're like, but you know, we, like, whether like that, you <laughs> know like that, the movie kind of, you know, kind of loses a bit at the end, but the journey up to that end, and I'm like, well, the journey up to that end is pinned on the ending well like you don't you don't and, want you don't wanna yeah. go on like a tour of the pyramids in Egypt and you've paid all this money and you've walked miles and miles and miles of what you're gonna see is a miniature model of the pyramids. You wanna see the fucking pyramids. So and that's kinda of what I feel Ah once again I don't wanna I don't wanna to jump too far ahead. Don't wanna to jump yeah. too far ahead. But also
1: to to finish that analogy, Duncan though, but for like the experience of watching it again mm. and knowing what the shitty thing in the gift shop is waiting for you it, yeah yeah it you're like, uh, like uh, that. okay <laughs> yeah yeah i i see i see how you're building to this and it still doesn't make it better
0: <laughs> it doesn't make sense either uh right we're going to take a short break just now i get a feeling that we're now going to be mean to this movie and i'd love to preface it by saying that we don't hate it and now we're just going we're going to do the the, the anti-seven review here where, yeah, where we just dunk on it for yeah. a while so, and like, then cleanse ourselves of the- Like, seven, seven was like was like the nice sloppy blowjob to that movie, and this one's with teeth. Um, so yeah, know, this, this, this is, <laughs> is yeah the completely uninformed blowjob. <laughs> You're blown into it as opposed to doing anything else. Uh-huh. <laughs> We, we're we going to get to that awful sound and blowjob right after Right, right after <laughs> I can't believe I used that as a segue uh, We're going to do it right after the trailer for the movie Which is coming up right now Myself and Bo are coming back to discuss that movie Right after this What do you get for the man who has everything, everything, everything? Happy birthday, sir Thank you, Maggie I
1: don't like her so what brings you to town, Conrad? Everything all right? October 12th. Mickey's birthday. This is for you. Consumer Recreation Services. Call that number. Why? They make your life
0: fun. What are you selling? It's a game. A game. Specifically tailored for each participant.
1: John, chapter 9, verse 25.
0: Whereas once I was blind, now I can see. Now I can see. One day your game begins. You either love it or hate it. Are you gonna spend the rest of the evening prying at that clown's mouth?
1: Mr. Van Orton, is everything all right?
0: Ah, Mr. Van Orton. Have we met? I believe so.
1: Why are you following me? Find out about a company called Consumer Recreation Services. They won't stop, Nick. He's in on it.
0: I paid the bill. I paid them more to make it stop. I need the police. they gonna break into my house. I need to wait a bunch of depraved children. They're trying to kill me. Who's behind this? Who did this to me? Why? This is all the game.
1: the whole thing aren't you they make your life fun
0: and welcome back ladies and gents so you've just heard the trailer for the game this is the movie, like we said, that David Fincher followed up 1995's Seven. So this came two years later. Uh, it is based on the screenplay by John Brancato and Michael Ferris. Uh, David Fincher obviously back in the directing chair. Pretty eclectic cast here. We have Michael Douglas, Deborah Carl Unger, uh, we have Sean Penn, James Rebhorn, Peter Donnett, Carl Barker, Anna Katrina uh, Charles Martinet I think that's how you it, Probably Yeah, not. that's
1: uh, Mario The yeah, voice of Mario
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm just like I thought that was uh, Daniel Shore Harrison Young uh, Oh, there's loads There's loads of people in this movie
1: um, Yeah, it's a stack cast Like, again, after Seven Everyone lined up Like, Sean Penn and Michael Douglas At this point Were yeah. like super duper movie stars
0: Oh, God, yeah like, I, I mean, you could, you could argue That they still kind of are weirdly like even though Michael Douglas isn't necessarily I don't even know if he's still acting or if he's retired. You now, like, he's doing those Ant Man movies and stuff. He's yeah, around. So but I, I get the feeling that like when he was cast in those Ant-Man movies, he's the He's the big name, weirdly, if you know what I mean. Even though he might not be making yeah. a big paycheck, he's the name that people are like, oh right. Well, it's it's the
1: reason that you get somebody like Michelle Pfeiffer to show up in that Ant-Man sequel, because yeah. it's like, oh she's going to be acting opposite Michael Douglas and that makes sense because they're both like kind of Hollywood royalty yeah, sort of. So, yeah, it's – yeah, and and Michael Douglas, you know, credit where credit is due, he's an amazing producer. Yes. Like what well, you can't forget, Michael Douglas is the guy that brought us like uh, uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's mm-hmm. Nest and the China Syndrome and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, um, it, you know, I, I, I go back and forth on some of his acting – yeah, uh, in yeah. certain films, but sometimes he's great, and I think he's totally fine he's, in the game. I think, I think he's got.
0: Yeah, I think there's a role he's really good at. If you know what yes. I mean. I, I yeah, think yeah, yeah. It, as long as he sticks to that role, we're fine. I'm not entirely yes, sure does. why the '90s portray. I, I told you this before. My issue was when I watched this the first time around. So '97, I've already seen this. I didn't see it at the cinema. So I've already seen this like '98. So I would have been 17, 17 when this movie came out, sixteen, seventeen when the movie came out. And I just remember Michael Douglas, for whatever reason, in the 90s, was a man either sleeping around with women who were trying to kill bunnies. Um or or basic instinct. It's literally like he was he was always involved in some sort of sleazy sexy movie in the 90s for me and that just always stuck in my head so for whatever reason that tainted my I wasn't thinking about actually why he would be naturally cast in this role off the back of a movie like Wall Street you know what I mean which totally makes sense he's a he's a rich guy you know that that that, that kind of more makes sense to me um and then you've got Sean Penn like you see who at this point is you know he's a bankable name this guy takes challenging roles but let's not Let's not undercut uh, Deborah Carla Unger, who the year before did Crash with Cronenberg.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, she she was almost a giant star. She was she in was a lot so of really close. interesting so movies. So close.
0: And she like yeah. When you're talking about someone like a Michelle Pfeiffer, she kind of feels like a lesser Michelle Pfeiffer, but not yeah. in the, like, almost there, almost at that level in terms of her look, her acting ability. But for whatever reason, there was just a wall there that she just yeah, never got through but, but I like to think that that allowed her the opportunity to do movies like she's t- a fearless actress to jump from doing like anyone that was involved with that crash movie that's a that's a, you need to be fearless to make that movie you know what I mean that movie had so much so much controversy and stigma around it i think it's fucking great because it's cronenberg but um you know that movie that movie quoted controversy from the moment it was released like from the moment it was an instant was happening everyone was like no no not having that
1: yeah yeah no no being turned on by car accidents Not something we want to see in movies all right (laughs) and david cronenberg was like i assure you you do (laughs)
0: yes you do (laughs) yes
1: uh it's going to be great trust
0: me yeah let me sway you with leg wound vagina how does that sound does that sound interesting. Man. It, it, <laughs> Wait to see it in 4K, dude. Wait to see it in 4K. Mind melted. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> I was like, that so just good. looks so pulpy. And blah. anyway, but yeah, she's in that. And then you have like a like a cast here of familiar faces that have done interesting roles. So I think it's it's a fairly we, we we're going from the previous movie. Even in seven though we were talking about that as well, like seven has an like Arlie Emery and stuff like that that are in that movie, which like they're not prominent characters, but you know their faces when you're on when they're on screen. You know, oh, that's there's that guy I've seen. He's he's in film Metal Jacket, like in in these lesser roles. I get the feeling that I think you're right. It's the the idea of working with the guy who made one of the most popular movies two years ago is it, there. It's palpable, and people want involved with it, and. Like I see, Fincher himself has claimed that maybe his eye was slightly off the ball here. And um, the reason he felt that was because he was going through a bit of a mm, bit of a kind of testy time uh, with his. I I want to say then wife. I don't think it's then wife. I think it was. Want to say he's still married to the same woman? Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, that's that. Uh, by the by, by the by, we're going off off piece. Um, the movie itself is a fairly straightforward and I think that's maybe kind of why I love Fincher in a nutshell like like his like the template of the movie is like you could write down the plot of the movie a superficial plot of the movie in a sentence like an IMDB one like I'm about to read here but Fincher's the guy that starts to go well that's right that's that's what you're buying into but this is what you get Um, the the synopsis for this one is he after a wealthy banker is given the opportunity to participate in a mysterious game his life is turned upside down when he becomes unable to distinguish between the game and reality so yeah our our, our kind of main plot I want to circle back because there's plenty to talk about here in terms of maybe things that don't necessarily work but also stuff that does work Um, we have Nicholas Van Orton Played by Michael Douglas, he is incredibly, but also worth saying, born from wealth. Um, A very wealthy investment banker and it appears when we join him, his life is just kind of shit. He has all the money in the world, he is, you know, he's very career driven, but that has come at a cost. The main cost is his family. Also, he's carrying some inner demons in that, through flashbacks, we find out that his dad who has who lived to the same age he is at just now, uh, killed himself, most likely because of the the hollow life that wealth affords you, Bo. Don't ever earn money. It's not good for you. Stay poor. Poor and happy. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, but
1: that's not really the message of no, the movie. No, really,
0: it's really not. We're going to swing back that.
1: Um, at she- first, that's what it seems like. It does yeah. seem like it's a Christmas carol where it's like, <laughs> oh, this guy has done nothing but pursue you know, hollow materialism yeah. uh, has lived in the shadow of his father. And this movie is going to be about him discovering, rediscovering his humanity, that money, to, money is not what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, he is not his father, that he he doesn't have to repeat the mistakes it's, that his father did.
0: It's the people and the relationships that we have in our life that reward us, Beau, not, the, not the amount of zeros that are in your bank account.
1: Yes, except that it is
0: well in this movie. At the end, it most certainly is. Um, like you're like, yeah. we'll, 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 all we're missing at the end of this movie is well, all, all we're all we're lacking from the end of this movie, I feel, is you know him tossing a coin down to a boy in the street, saying, "You boy, go and buy me the biggest goose in all of Christendom." Yeah, except he doesn't doesn't really give his money
1: away or anything. Well, you were talking about the the charity part.
0: You're talking about the the scene in the diner. Like the payoff should be him going back to that diner and I don't know, like doing something nice for the people that like, or something like, like, right, like hugging his brother and saying, you know what, like, we'll get, we'll get to it. To me, the biggest spit in the face and slap that follows comes like in a line at the end of this movie, but we'll get to it anyway. So yeah, he's he's got a fairly (laughs) he's got a fairly regimented yet hollow life and his brother who appears to live off the wealth the family has accrued mm-hmm. in the past played by sean penn who plays conran van orton um he's a bit of a fuck-up he's a bit of a playboy uh, some maybe some uh substance abuse uh, definitely
1: has had some had some troubles in the past <laughs> and is uh says he's he's clean now that everything's okay thanks
0: to thanks to though his participation in the present night buys his brother which is you know you get one round at this game especially tailored to you from this company all you have to do is give them a phone set up an appointment and all the rest and but you know at first like a Nicholas is kind of fairly dismissive of it, because it's his brother, and his brother's a bit of a fuck-up, um, but you know, he, he eventually after a call with his ex-wife which is, just I just want to speak to people like that on the phone at work, just that kind of cold one-word answer, <laughs> yep great, yeah. yeah, thanks, right bye, I, when <laughs>
1: she says I don't know why I call and he's like, honestly, I don't know either. <laughs> it's <laughs> It's pretty great. I've had a couple of those conversations where I wish I could have pulled that that gem out.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, so he, he essentially goes to the... He goes to the, the very plush and fancy offices of this company. And from the moment he arrives, he's kind of on the back foot. He's being treated in a, a manner that he's not accustomed. One of my favourite bits is when... Um, James Rebhorn makes him hold his Chinese food while he's lifting forms, and you can see the kind of partial disgust in Douglas's face because he's never he's never held a Chinese takeout bag. I mean that's just that's not something yeah. he's ever. Someone has brought it to him, served on a plate. Um, you know he's, he's, he, he approaches food the same way Donald Trump approaches like a fajita. Um, you know, like I mean, with a knife and fork, it just doesn't make sense. Um, but yeah, it's so, like he's got the like from the the off the the. They put him through a ton of psychological tests longer than what they say. They say it's They're going to keep him an hour. They keep him all day. Uh, things get fairly rigorous, um, and it's it's like from the start they are deliberately trying to piss him off. And then, in short order after this, he finds out that ultimately he's been rejected from the game. Um, only to and this is one of the, this is one of the first things where I'm what like that well you know I don't understand why we did this because within. Five minutes in this movie, he finds that he's been rejected from the game, but the game has started. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know,
1: I think it's more of, uh, in the in the uh, psychology of the film, it's to kind of keep him off balance right. because he's such an overachiever that the idea that he would be rejected well, he, would be yeah, he says crazy. Bro-
0: he says to his brother that he doesn't have time to do it in the voicemail right. that leaves him, as opposed he, to saying that he hasn't been accepted.
1: Exactly. That, you know, he can't, he can't ever fail at anything. And, uh, there's also Duncan, I think (laughs) a movie or some, a a statement that the movie could make, Mm -hmm. uh, ultimately about how, um, how easy it is for companies like corporations to psychologically manipulate you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You
1: know, like, you could do that with this movie. Again, Fincher doesn't, but yeah. <laughs> which is surprising that this is sort of this interesting element of, hey, here's this company that through a series of, you know, physicals and, and sort of stage scenes, as well as questionnaires, that they can kind of figure out exactly how you're going to respond to most situations.
0: Yeah, but also, like, the, the, the conceit of this movie like, the conceit of what he ultimately thinks the the, the game is towards the mm-hmm. end is so infinitely fascinating and so infinitely twisted that I kind of love it. Like, the idea that you sit through all these different psychological exams and all the rest, not only as a way for them to tailor a game to put you in those experiences to see how you would react because they, they've already anticipated it from your responses, but the idea that setting up a scenario so vivid and so kind of inducing of paranoia within yourself that ultimately they can extort money from you they can get you to play into a and they do they do something much dumber in like a movie like ocean's 11 for example but the idea where you you you're you're brought so far into the con that you put yourself in a position where they anticipate your passwords um to certain accounts they actually get you to make a call where you give your passwords out before extorting money from you which is ultimately the the fear there's a part of that when i'm like that like that comes far too late in in the movie for me that should be like something very quickly like he seems to like to me i would always be fully aware and this is me obviously not in that situation but from the moment the tv starts talking to me um I'm like, right, these guys have got sophisticated technology. The, You know, these mini cameras and all the rest. From this point, I'm like, and everyone keeps telling me it's a life-changing experience of a game. I, I should be rolling with this a lot more than I actually am. You know what I mean? Yeah, he seems to. Right. He seems to lose sight of that relatively early in the movie where I'm like, come on, <laughs> like, let's just work with this here. <laughs> Please yeah it, it's an interesting
1: kind of move for the character because you would think that okay like oh they accepted me that if he's such a uh you know an overachiever and mm-hmm. such a, a sophisticated thinker that as soon as it was like oh they're actually playing the game so they were trying to trick me yep and so from here on out like I'm i'm gonna play along with this and you're right like he wouldn't be just like what's
0: going on here all the time. <laughs> he is all the way through this movie. He's what's going on here. And I'm like, nah, you're playing the game. <laughs> right. And you kind of like the movie kind
1: of blows its load early. Like you said, where mm. the TV starts talking to him. And as soon as that happens,
0: well, when he arrives at like, like the TV, I'm like, that's pretty cool. That's kind of awesome. I love that. I actually love that scene. I think that scene's excellent. Um, but, like we are like what 10-15 minutes removed from that and he's he's in an ambulance and then like there's this massive elaborate set for the ambulance coming in and then all the lights going out, and everyone's vanished and disappeared and all the rest and i'm at, th- at that point i'm like right clearly these guys are not fucking around with this game this is fully interactive fully immersive it's not just a tv talking to me where they paid this famous guy to talk once again we'll get right. into the mechanics the mechan- it's it, it's a
1: murder party for super super rich people. yes yeah where <laughs> you get the whole world to kind of bend to, around these people which is again emphasizing the amount of privilege that michael yes. douglas and his family which,
0: have uh, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, once again we are all roads are leading to that line at the end trust me uh, but yeah like when when that happens, and I think that's that's the difficulty I found myself watching it this time through it was less on the things. And I'll, I said to you before I hit record. Originally, I was relatively low in the game. I didn't think it was a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. I just didn't really think it was that interesting a movie. And I've come up on a few things, like particularly, I think, Douglas's performance is a lot better than what I think I gave it credit for. Then actually, I think I've just matured a bit more as a you know as a film watcher. Uh, that I you know I, I I see the nuance of what he's doing, and like you were mentioning the scene in the diner, which we'll get to later on, where I'm like, yeah, well, like, he's got range. He looks like a in that scene, it's not just makeup that makes him look like a broken man. That's that's good acting. Like you know, he's like, he's he's done that well. Um, but I think this time through, like you were saying, now that you know the end of the movie on a second watch so you know what the twist is the big twist this is not the sort of movie I feel has that rewatch value back through like something like Usual Suspects when you watch Usual Suspects the first time and that ending happens you're like holy fucking shit so like the next time you watch it you're very aware that you're being vigilant on what certain characters are doing performances to see if it actually does all tie up at the end but what's interesting about that is even though I know that ending I've watched The Usual Suspect easily five times in my life. I think it's a good movie. Um, The game, on the other hand, I think once that reveal's made, I think some of the hard work it does in crafting that paranoia-filled experience all the way through just seems dumb. Um, You know, it it undoes it, and as a result, it's kind of like, well, you know, if if they just change this a little, or it just feels... If there was any indication out with the fact that the father committed suicide, which they keep leaning back into, and the reason they have to keep leaning back to is plays a prominent part at the end. Um Although once again, how do you I don't know. I don't know, I'm not a psychologist. But the the actual the, the, the elements of the game just don't make sense overall unless this was the matrix. You know what I mean? Like the the, the kind of cognitive dissonance that you have to have in in most of this movie to a part especially when you realise that later on certain characters like his, his lawyer Sutherland claims that he didn't have any involvement with this and I believe him at the end where he's like that I have no idea why I'm here <laughs> he's literally like uh, I don't know what you right. did. I have no idea where you're here. Like your client. All vo- I know is that you kept calling me all crazy. Yeah, and you didn't phone the police, like as a lawyer and a best friend and an attorney. You didn't do any of that. You didn't. Sh- you like you just. It's like that sort of stuff where I'm like, right. I understand you can regulate the conditions of Douglas's character, but unless you prove to me you've regulated absolutely everything else, it don't make sense. Um, and like I say, I was. I was more. I was more aware. Of that, this time around, essentially he goes through. There's a setup in this one where it looks like one of his, one of the businesses he's doing, kind of investment banking for, looks like it's it's not doing particularly well. Stock price, which forces him to make a powerful decision over a, a, a um, Anson Bear is the name of the character played by Armin Mueller-Stahl, uh, who's been in a ton of things as well. Um, you know ultimately goes to make an ultimatum and there's a lot of the movie just sets up a lot of small things that would like one of my favourite scenes is he can't open his briefcase and then we cut to a scene of him fucking banging that briefcase off a chair which I know yeah. for a fact would be me if I'd been like if I'd been making a power play somewhere Bo and I'd be like all cocky like listen you have today to sign these papers that are in this briefcase, I can't fucking open. And if you don't, the, clock, the clock's ticking, <laughs> motherfucker, but this briefcase isn't on. Well, this is your lucky day. I know I'd be out somewhere screaming at my inanimate briefcase object, smacking off things, Go, ah! like, just, yeah. like, absolutely losing it. But, like, all these small annoyances that are put in place that start to ramp up into bigger, bigger incidents ultimately lead them to... A dinner which his brother doesn't appear for and like you mentioned before a server who serves him that he's incredibly shitty to and um, the server is christine played by deborah carl unger who spills some wine on him it's insinuated that she has done this the week before
1: yeah yeah which i'm like huh? yeah, yeah right like huh? the, the level of performance that these actors are pulling off on a regular <laughs> schedule is you know, impressive. <laughs> it is It is better than an SNL cast.
0: It's, it's like, you know, when De Niro's like that, you know, to, to, for Raging Bull, I ate a lot and, you know, studied boxing videos, trained in a boxing arena for a year and prep before I did that performance. It's kind of like that in the game. Like, Christine has went deep undercover, pouring drinks on customers for, for weeks. And right. But just to me, it feels... It's a weird detail where he throws that in. Like, yeah, you did this last week, and I'm like, well, last week the game hadn't started.
1: Yeah, and, for right. It you know, a month from now she'll be a marine biologist. Which you is know, I think just, what
0: she says at the end is essentially she's moving off to the next one, but she's only got a bit part where she had a prominent role in this one. But she she spills the drinks on there, they're without going step by step through this two hours and ten minute long movie which once again we're going to get to that at the end Um, it's set up in such a way that they have a shared experience psychologically this is designed that when things start to fall apart later on he's going to turn to her because he knows that she isn't involved with the game, Bo because she went through that that situation earlier on with him and she was kind of snippy she spoke down to him in a way that he's not used to Um, so you know, like so like he can gravitate back to, to her. His experiences kinda go from I was gonna say from bad to worse. They they do tend to just like fall off the edge. Someone breaks into his house, um and spray paints a lot of weird shit using ink that can only be seen under blue lights, uh, while playing weird trippy fucking seventies music, uh hippie music I call it. And mm-hmm. this is when Conrad shows back up and Conrad's like, no, no, listen, they're extorting me to get right. to you. I fucked up. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I should have never gotten you involved in this, but you know yes i that i i'm in too deep they're they're squeezing me for money now yeah because of all this shit that they know about me and all the all this stuff that i've said and i love the way uh, where he's like
0: that he's being extorted so he pays them to stop playing the game and they take that money and then ask for more and i'm like yeah that's what people that like. extortionists do that yeah yeah like yes you
1: pay you pay to play the game and then you pay to make it stop yeah and then they they still don't stop they just keep fucking with your life until
0: you have no money left that is what they do like yeah Uh, so they have this so that the the tire goes out they're driving away and they're having this big conversation michael douglas is trying to you know calm him down why he's trying to calm his brother down is beyond me because I'd be like someone just broke it at my fucking mansion and spray painted shit everywhere Um, I am pissed off do you know how much this is going to cost? that is artisanal French paint that's in my living room that now I'm going to have to import from Paris Claude's going to have to come back out repaint it all just the way it was before you know it's
1: uh, yeah, the Joker comes through, <laughs> not this one, boy.
0: <laughs> but they have this big blowout in the middle of the street. Um, uh-huh. which is this like he's obviously in on it, but are the people that are I don't know. Once again, like it's, it's, it gets that level where, from his point of view, as an audience, we are supposed to be like thinking, Well, if he is in this game, how big is this game? But at the same time, I'm just like... To me, I actually... It frustrated me more than anything because I'm like that. This doesn't make any sense. Like, the the, the, the level, like... Someone is shouting and screaming at someone outside your house then tells you to fuck off in an aggressive manner. Guess what you do, Bo? Phone the police. You phone the 5-0. Yeah. And,
1: and and this is another thing where they, like, they... There's a point where Michael Douglas does try to, like, call the police. Yep. And... Later, uh, uh, Deborah Kara Unger, Unger's character tells him, like, Oh, you called on your phone? You were talking to us the yeah, whole time. You've
0: been talking to us all the way through this, which was, was so in the seeds of My favorite thing, uh, uh, and I kind of, oh, oh, shit, I got to poop uh, sort of moment, <laughs> is the where, he, where he, he wakes up after the, the kind of first incident with uh, Christine, you know, and he finds it that he's left he's, his briefcase missing, he's left his car. Uh, somewhere and um, he he gets a phone call about his American Express card which he shows up at this hotel to find out that a room has been uh, procured and a young lady was in there with him the night before and he's got the key and he walks up and opens the door and there is hardcore pornography playing on in the background there's mirrors just with lines of coke and a shitload of old school Polaroids just everywhere of this naked woman. Um and like when the cleaning lady tries to come in the door fucking sprints no, no I gotta shit I gotta yeah. move like this. but like even when he's trying to clean the mirror and the mirror falls over he's like oh shit like this he's like he's panicking but the first thing he thinks of is I'm trying gonna- I've been set up by the man that I've told to, to resign from the board so the best way to get over this as a level headed businessman that I am is to drive out to his hotel with a briefcase full of fucking pornographic polaroids interrupt their lunch and (laughs) throw pictures of naked women Um, it's just like I don't there's an escalation point there which doesn't make sense to me it makes sense to me if what we've been shown in the past is that he's prone to going off the rails but what we've actually been told more than anything is this guy is if anything very clinical with his decisions he will value the stock price over a long relationship that this guy's got with his dad so he's taken, he's he's looked at it, he's ethically worked things out he's morally bankrupt and decided money's the way to go because this is what gets my clients money Which and like you mentioned earlier on about the, the kind of airs towards him being a good guy we'll, we'll link into a line he mentions which I think is supposed to be Fincher maybe saying, well he's an investment banker but you, when they take the money off him, he says it's all pension funds and all the rest. It's real people that's being hurt, not just him. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> he seems to be doing yeah. okay, though. Let's be honest here. Um, you know, it's that way when I'm like, like, trying to humanize him as a character I don't think ever really pays off in this movie at all.
1: Yeah, it's like, I've seen your apartments or <laughs> your penthouse. It's pension funds or no. Yes, you are... you're You're doing you know any and also anyone who tells you that they work in finance you're immediately like are Uh. you up to something
0: (laughs) yeah cold shiver goes down your spine
1: right like okay you make money on the the processing and transacting of money yeah got it okay yeah um you know you're you're not making or building or, or or providing any other service other than the facilitation of capitalism. God, yeah, yeah, you know,
0: yeah. You, you deal in imaginary numbers that exist in an imaginary machine as literally, that's it. finance <clears throat> people. That's, that's the whole finance industry. It's imaginary numbers yeah. in a machine. And that's that people make make money or imaginary numbers off the back of the imaginary numbers on the machine that, that finance in a nutshell that is that is Duncan's capitalism 101. Um, but yeah. you can you can ask more questions like this on Duncan <laughs> and Up correct
1: yeah. where we will answer literally any question that
0: you ask. We will actually. Um, I will put a disclaimer in there that we don't claim to be experts in anything. No except, no except it's- nonsense. we're very good at that
1: yeah 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 no you shouldn't listen to the advice <laughs> no. but we'll give it
0: we'll give it of course we will uh but yeah so um ultimately Daz this bust up with his brother you know it goes to christine's apartment um and then we find out that she is part of the game she's and they're they're watching her and then we get this scene where a group of security agents from this organization start shooting up her house which once again is in the middle of a street No one phones the police. Um, Right, a lot of
1: the gunplay in this movie feels real dodgy to me. It's footless
0: and fancy-free. It really, really is. is. Like, at the end, they're
1: like, you know, squibs. And it's like,
0: well... Uh, uh, Squibs (laughs) don't explode windows out. Um, Right,
1: like, that's a lot of work, but okay. Yeah,
0: like, it's just... um, Right, anyway, like, we never get to see how much... It costs but it's insinuated once again we'll come to that line and my, my views on it um but yeah so like essentially this is to put them in more peril they're on the, they're on the run and um this is when Michael Douglas finally finds out what the what the crux of the whole setup is now this is in between as must I must be stressed this is in between a bit where he gets into a cab um and and the cab driver drives him off a fucking pier, and uh-huh. the into the water, which he survives. It's kind of risky business doing that, though. Well, <laughs> just in general, they give,
1: like, give him the chapacuetic, yeah.
0: Yeah, it, just kind of, just overall, just kind of risky business. What happens if that door doesn't open? What happens but, if that but, window hey. doesn't open? What we, you know what I mean?
1: we did the test, he's gonna be fine.
0: We, like, we did the we, we, psychological stress test for yeah. an hour and a half where I cupped his balls and made him cough. He'll be fine. I, I'm I'm a hundred percent sure,
1: <laughs> based on this questionnaire, that he will find a way out of this sinking car.
0: <laughs> Cause you know, finance is the same as a sinking car, but I don't know if you know that. Same same thing. You act exact you seem level head in those situations. Life and death money or no money. It's the same thing. It's the same yeah. thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. But in between that and like I say being shot, at, um we we get this we get this scene where we get the the reveal of what is supposed to be going on here, which is that Christine was hired essentially uh, she's one of many different people that are involved to kind of put him in a different position and it's cuz they're going to try and get his money from him. And of course he panics because money is everything to him and if if eventually manages to after finding that all his accounts have been drained eventually manages to get in touch with his lawyer who tells him listen your accounts are full like i don't know what you're on about but there is nothing wrong with your account and then at that point christian's like oh, they got to sutherland they got to your lawyer now we're going to come back to this in a second but she drugs him he falls over and then we find that actually this has been a ruse all along again just when you did uh, the, the old f- floppy duel or whatever it's called role reversal um, we're we're in a position where they actually used they've now got the details because he phoned the, the different banks and all the rest gave his codes so now how about now his accounts will be drained oh by the way you've also been drugged oh by the way when you wake up you're going to be in a coffin in Mexico right um, but at that point i'm thinking well, the money was in my account, clearly because they needed access to it, which means that Sutherland isn't in on it. So I'm before right. him. And he doesn't do that. And once again, that to me feels a bit egregious where I'm like, no, like if anything, at that moment, she got her point over to make you panic, but yeah, it put the, the seed of distrust, but the next manoeuvre that happened undermined that. So he'd be a guy that I feel that you could reach out to. the anyway, we'll get to this. He wakes up... <laughs> Wakes up and I kind of almost uh, separate in the rainbows. <laughs>
1: I'm still alive.
0: And yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it totally is. Uh, in Mexico, in a coffin, uh, in the middle of a graveyard, he walks out um, and he's in the. He's in the. I'm assuming this is supposed to be like the embassy or something or. I don't know. I, yeah, I I think it's the American embassy because i thinking this guy's a prick because <laughs> the guy basically I, says sell your father's watch. I, well, I like I like how he phrases it though because
1: it's a real it's like a man like, like hey you. I'm not saying anything illegal yeah. here because the way he phrases it is so you you show up yep you've got no identification mm-hmm. no passport and, and he's like yeah that's right he says but you have that that watch that that's that's a nice watch and Mm -hmm. he's like yeah it is (laughs) and the guy says uh seems to me a man like a a man that's got a watch like that doesn't really have a passport problem
0: yeah which and turns out he's right Bo. a man like that who's but i think what i love about this is he takes the watch off and looks at it and his mum gave it to him she inscribed it in the back that this was the watch his dad had so his mom was giving him as a present we don't see the the moral quandary or anything next clip he's on a bus going home
1: yep <laughs> on on he goes
0: and, which kind of leads to
1: you know my favorite scene of the movie which yeah. is that diner scene
0: where he yeah he turns up at a diner like really this is trading places like he's, he's a broken fucking man in a horrible white suit that's just been shit upon and it's all dusty and all the rest nose yeah. nose is all bust and um he shows up and he's got like 18 dollars or whatever and he's like this is all i have and i will give this to whoever can give me a ride to san francisco um and everyone's like yikes you know, very right, dismissive, it, yeah. the way he was when the guy collapsed out in front of the restaurant where he wouldn't go over and help him.
1: Yeah, and it's... Like I said, this this should have come 20 minutes earlier yeah. and, and have more of a path of redemption mm. and actually stuck with that path of redemption instead of just being like, eh, just fooling. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but... <laughs> but the thing that... Uh, <laughs> it's a nice moment of acting from michael douglas when when he's like like he knows how shameful this is and he understands the irony of what's happening but when he's just like can anybody help me out Mm. yeah i mean it's just that i'm so defeated i have nowhere else to go i have nowhere else to go yeah it, it but it's a nice moment for you know for him as a character and also Uh, As an actor, like he's he's good for these moments.
0: He is very good. I I like like I say, there's a water, there's a water in his eyes, that kind of watery eyed, kind of. I am like I'm. This is this this is my last shot. This is all I have left. All I've got left to give. Help a brother out. He reconnects with his former wife. Uh, elizabeth who he was short on on the phone <laughs> on, <why do> we... <laughs> um, and like she's she's settled down with someone else having kids which i get the feeling might be one of the reasons they separated it's never directly yeah. said but she says she's pregnant with the second one um and he's just like oh that's great you know what i mean but i get the feeling that she wanted to have a life that that way maybe he was too business focused and um, but he basically tells her listen you're Oh, you're the only one I can trust I need your car I, I need your clothes your boots on your motorcycle Um, so he's, like, <laughs> he's like I need your I need your car you're the only one I can trust uh, and I love the scene with the waitress so he hasn't learned his lesson because the waitress comes over with a bottle of water and he's shitty at her did you fucking open this bottle did I ask for a glass of ice I mean, right yeah he's learned fucking nothing Bo. he's learned nothing Now I know why he's that way because he's been poisoned before <laughs> Did your filthy poor hands t- turn the cap yourself? Oh <laughs> God, I could taste the poor. <laughs> don't let this shit fool you. I'm a millionaire, um, but yeah, I've got money. You talk to my lawyer. <laughs> I, I don't trust him just now, but uh, so yeah. So basically, when they're in this this kind of this restaurant, um, he looks up and he sees on the TV a medical ad, but. Um, James Rebhorn's in this selling, uh, and, so, and he realises he's an actor so well at first he's like ha ah, ha ha yeah well he loses it <laughs> he loses it spectacularly like, how did but, you find me
1: in this you <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> what year is this um, yeah and meanwhile James Rebhorn is like ask your doctor <laughs> if- <laughs> he's got a face for he really does
0: have a face for pharmaceuticals man I'm a Head. I he's love really, James Rebhorn re- he's and, re- Fucking great in this, like absolute, and you can tell he's having a blast with this role. Um, like especially at the end, I, I love the way he gives uh, Christy a, a, like a talking down to um when it looks like things are going bad. And then, but he's got that line. He's like, "Oh, I'm so glad you jumped." In the script, if you hadn't, I was to throw you off.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna have to push you. <laughs> It's and I like that Michael Douglas' reaction. To that is like, uh
0: huh, yeah. All right. awesome, thanks. Uh, How about you get the fuck out of here? Yeah. Poor. <laughs> Which once like again we're gonna come back to. Uh, but so he he basically sets up. He uh, tries to set up a fake condition for for uh, for Redhorn who is actually not available. He's at the zoo with his kids. So Douglas just shows up. He's got a gun. He just shows up with a fucking gun in front of kids front of Reb Horn's family takes some hostage and says listen you're going to take me to their base of operations we are going to go in I love the idea where he like the, the line the, one of these lines where I'm like this movie could have been like just small things could just made this movie so much cooler but the idea of that line where he's like no we went into their offices and their offices are empty and he's like that ah, I mean they own the building they're just on a different floor you know I, I, it's such a nefarious Think to me that like you know you get the police you get everyone in there you go and visit the you know where it was and it's an empty thing but they could be three floors up um running the same operation um yeah, everyone's in them
1: scam yeah
0: yeah it's, I, I i think that it's just small details like that where i'm like oh more of that more of that give me more of that less of the <laughs> you know the, is this did you open this bottle of water? um so yeah <laughs> get, right get your <laughs>
1: You're filthy lower lower class hands off this thing i bet you've got I w- three jobs did you oh you went to school on a pell grant <laughs> Just, oh you disgust me how many buildings on campus were named after your family mm. zero yeah oh yeah oh, oh.
0: you're <laughs> nope. not even no to tip for
1: to my water no tip for you uh but yeah right. <laughs> enjoy staying poor that's what you get for being poor poor
0: poor <laughs> no i didn't say poor i didn't say poor the water i said go and get me a water um, i i said you're poor poor i see you can't even tell the difference um <laughs> that's, your, that's your average yale <laughs> your yale fucking qualification education that you've got there I went to Oxford. (laughs) I don't know why I'm doing this. Uh, anyway... Yeah, I I don't know. Those were
1: both very good schools.
0: Uh, I I, I would probably imagine Oxford's maybe a bit... I don't even know why I'm fighting. That's English. No, I'm going Yale. Yeah, yeah, it's two different countries. Yeah, I'm 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 going Yale. I'm going Yale all the way now, because it's in England. Anyway... And what about Harvard? uh, Well, it's not... I mean, at this stage, who hasn't went to Harvard, though? I'm not saying it's common, Uh, but... uh, Okay, hey, no, you, you're not wrong St. Andrews is where I would go with it. St. Andrews University It's a good one, Bo It's a good one I uh,
1: uh, I always stick with Middle Tennessee State University
0: that's sound, the, Sounds made up
1: It's 100% real
0: <laughs> Go Gophers
1: Go fight an insurance salesman. <laughs> They're actually the uh, The, the Blue Raiders, Blue Raiders is what they uh, are. Are they any good? No. Um, they're not as bad as you would think. They oh, yeah. actually, they've made a couple of runs in in divisional conferences and stuff. So
0: not great, but for a for a regional school, they're not bad. And see, that conversation alluded to me potentially knowing any details about sports in America when I don't. And until I pointed it, out, people are like Duncan no such shit. I don't.
1: Duncan that is the smartest answer I think you have ever heard me give (laughs) about a sports related thing
0: and they can get this on Duncan and Bo come correct when they ask questions see we can pass off a tertiary knowledge of anything yeah we sound smart about a lot of stuff Um, (laughs) just don't dig into the answers don't research it just listen to it at the time know that what you've heard was spoken with confidence
1: (laughs) yeah oh it's a mile wide and an inch deep (laughs) It's just the broadest, most pop culture kind of psychology.
0: <laughs> so they, like,
1: M- like, most of it boils
0: down to hang in there. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Is like, I think that's where we like everyone. Like, we we're, we're like the worst. <laughs> like, every bit of answer to a question or any advice we give seems in the last like minute, like Jerry Springer's final thoughts.
1: <laughs> yeah. And by the way, be good to yourself out there. Yeah, and each
0: other. Uh, but so, like, <laughs> so um, Red Horn anyway takes them to the building, and we get this shot of them like like they manage to get in the building, and uh, they, they get this shot of them walking into this massive open room where just everyone's in character. Like everyone is bumped into like at every stage, even from the guys that he met at the country club like way back at the beginning of the movie. They're actors, but everyone's in in their costumes which i don't get is is this like we're like well he's going to be going up up, right you you guy that's dressed like a policeman we'll need a policeman on set but you're already in dress go it just doesn't make sense to me why everyone would be in that room dressed up it's
1: it's the cafeteria at muppet studio it really looks
0: like that it really (laughs) looks and i mean the insinuation is that the insinuation later on which once again doesn't work is that he's ultimately going to jump off the top of this building at the end and that's when everyone you know the big reveal is going to happen and all the rest but it doesn't make sense that it would all be there and anyway he walks through it and of course he catches Christina and he's like oh shit so I
1: one moment in this sequence though that I really love Duncan mm -hmm. is when he comes into the cafeteria (laughs) and the one dude is like he's got a gun
0: and just stands up and fucking this is, this is the, who's the actor because he's a famous actor as well he, he's the guy who played
1: uh, uh bobby in sons of anarchy
0: that's right yeah yeah
1: and i can't think of the actor's name uh and i, I feel bad but he's, he's a he's a, private, best.
0: he's a private investigator earlier on who like, like his whole role in this movie is to run away because <laughs> he's yeah. like i I'm gotta I'm poop and he
1: runs away <laughs> he does as soon as he sees this dude show up with a gun he's like
0: i am out of is this idea that he's ran away everyone's having the celebratory party at the end except this guy who's still on the lam yeah yeah (laughs) champagne Uh, and caviar except this dude it it kidnaps christine uh takes her up uh to the top floor and then we get the the reveal here which is actually it's all been a game you've been partaking in a game oh by the way that gun that you've got there that's a real gun <laughs> oh shit you're supposed where to where did a, you get that from you're yeah supposed to she's have like one. on a walkie-talkie
1: and she's like <laughs> he's, he's got
0: a go. gun <laughs> 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 she's she uh, yeah, no. like literally she cronenbergs this but like she's like no like that's a real gun like you're supposed to if you have a wet you're supposed to have a fake gun we, t- we went through your house we checked everything you shouldn't have that gut like listen, it, you know it's all a joke. There, everyone's behind that door with champagne ready. Your brother Conrad is behind that door. I'm just and like Douglas is losing it. The door opens. It's, and they're all like Sobra, and he shoots him. It's like that scene from uh, Clue where it's like da 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 da. I. Um, you're singing telegram bang like that like you like yeah, 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 yeah. it's like literally he gets shot and he falls over um they go and check on him everyone runs because he's got a gun uh, he's got a gun and then the, 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 it's such a good and yeah, and at the, michael douglas
1: you're just like well all right then <laughs> <He's> totally, i, <laughs> I seem to have fucked <laughs> things up pretty good
0: it compart- It's the line. It's the line that Red says where it's like that. We're all gonna go away for a long time.
1: <laughs> uh huh. Where he, yeah. Where he's just like I am not
0: yep I am, I am not going anywhere am, yeah I'm, i'll tell you where i'm going off that roof that is where i'm going
1: <laughs> i'm going about 40 floors straight down is where i'm going so
0: once again there's so much stuff that relies on like, we'll get to the the kind of once again the cognitive dis- dissonance you have to put yourself into for this ending to work but anyway we we you know they, they still, they're acting big time uh Red Horn saying you were supposed to be the mark you're supposed to have this under control to uh, christine christine's like we couldn't have anticipated this all the rest and um he takes a swan dive off the the top of the building that is our michael douglas van orton character it falls it's a great stunt it's a really good stunt. fucking brilliant like once again this is this is Reminder here that David Fincher can direct the shit out of things visually, he is incredible. But just overall, I love the look of this movie. I, I, I think it's got a, there's a nice palette choice there. It's, once again, colours are mostly cold. There's a lot of night scenes, but it, it kind of works with Fincher. He goes off and goes through uh, like a, a sky panel, uh, glass pane, right down and lands in a giant crash mat, which um, he's then confronted with everyone and realises it's all been a game after all and yeah
1: and, and now he has his richie rich fancy birthday party well
0: this is the thing right this is the the kicker for me and this was the line that i was talking about where any sympathy any sympathy that you have for douglas's character i feel even the tiniest modicum is undone when he sits down with his brother and the brother's given the itemized bill um from the guy who's clearly in charge of everything, who, and Scooby Doo reveal is the dude that was sitting opposite him in the airport pointing at the pen that burst. Um, I just, I love that little. And he's like, Oh, we, I know you. And I'm like, Yeah, even that guy was planted because I don't, I don't get it anyway. Yeah, because um,
1: everybody's part of the game.
0: Everyone's part of the game. So, yeah, but he takes a look at the bill, and then Douglas asks to look at the bill and goes, Yikes. And he's like, "That? Do you want me to split it with you? And he's like, Yeah. And I'm like, That, right? Yeah, because. Money. Cause money because oh, it's just such a fucking, cowards for not
1: yeah, showing us what that bill is
0: exa- i want to know what that bill yeah. is yeah, even
1: but, if it's like in adjusted dollars or whatever i want that bill to be like it's 38.5 million dollars to have made all of this happen yeah that's exactly something
0: it's something anything anything other than yikes uh, let's go let's go half ours on our inheritance money that we have from our
1: the overtly rich father um you know <laughs> it's so good that we can frivolously spend this money yeah, to the, learn nothing
0: well this is it at the end of it everyone's partying around in this big room I, like he's you know he's he's apologized to elizabeth earlier on but there's no indication here well there is a slight indication that maybe he will change his view you know uh, uh, try well, and seize the opportunity but even then but there's still no repercussions
1: because when he goes to armin mueller stall yep. who he he was crawdadding out of the business yeah uh he's like hey we can take a look at that paperwork you know i've been going through some shit and i've learned some lessons and armin mueller Stall is like you know what don't even worry about it yep. it's the best thing that ever happened to me yeah my wife you were right all along you
0: were right you know what when you were a ruthless son of a bitch that drove me at the business that i built from nothing you were right i was wrong guess what yeah capitalism wins again, bro. what the fuck
1: like what is this character supposed to have learned by the end of this movie and it really it really undoes a lot of
0: it undoes everything almost yeah like to the point of i don't know what like ultimately i don't know what the i know what is we're supposed to feel at the end of this movie But the movie gives us... Are we? Well, I think think you're right. I think what we're supposed to feel at the end of this movie is this idea of, well, this guy is going to make some serious changes in his life. He's going to... Ultimately, the scene with Christine at the end where he asks her for dinner, is him trying to create a relationship with a woman again, which we saw how bad the last one is and he realised he made mistakes and he's going to make time. The insinuation that even he's going to go for a cup of coffee in an airport, which he wouldn't have done before this movie, is one. But I think what we're supposed to... what the movie is supposed to try to be doing here is saying that there's more to life than being ridiculously wealthy. And ultimately, all that this movie reiterates is that the whole experience that you've went through could only be been financed by someone ridiculously wealthy, which like undercuts everything, like every single element of this movie is undercut by the end of it, so when I was telling you earlier on, people, like the reviews that I was reading last night, when I was like, I wonder how critically this did, and like I say it holds on average it's about a 78%, um, and the majority of the big publications liked it at the time, and I can see why you might like it on some lit- it is, I like I say it's well shot some good performances in here in the middle of this movie it is kind of twisty turning you're like right well where are we but as the closer we get to the end the more I feel like you should be like Ugh. and then by the end of this movie you should just be like huh and that's like when people are saying well you know it's like a top thriller and all the rest the ending could have used some work the ending needs to be gone okay <laughs> Like, that ending should not have happened. Like, this should be rewritten, recut, done something. Like, that should have been completely rewritten because all all underline, all underlines at the end of the day is that a particularly shitty, rich character who appears to be making money off the misery of others um, goes through an experience where he is led to believe that the money he has is gone, which is a fate worse than death for him. And at the end of it, realises that money's still there and he's celebrating in a big posh party and it doesn't look like anything is going to change. And literally, yeah, he's he he might going have s- a
1: girlfriend. That's it. Way... Yeah, he might be slightly nicer to waiters. I don't think he will be, but <laughs> Probably not. Like again, there's no, there's no consequence for not doing it. I don't think he uh,
0: will be. I think, I, I think waiters are still good. It's just that, it, to me, it feels like whereas at the end of seven, I, I, comparing apples and oranges. I understand, but at the end of seven, it's you know that idea of this very kind of we said it before, a nihilistic story of just how life can chew you up and spit you out if you're not prepared for it, or you don't become weathered, you're not seasoned enough. Um, in this movie, it's like, well, even if life comes to chew you up and spit you out, if you're wealthy, you're fine, which I understand that already. I don't need a movie to tell me that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I understand if I've got money, a lot of my problems aren't problems anymore, but it's just such a, it's a weird, uh, I think that was the thing that kind of stuck on me at the end of it is when you're watching the movie it doesn't I didn't mind watching the movie, that's the thing, I, I, when I was watching it I was not fully invested but I was all, mostly invested in what was happening on the screen and I was appreciating the cinematography, the techniques, love the score of this movie, the score in this movie is brilliant um, but at the end of it I just kind of felt a bit hollow I just kind of felt like this is two hours and ten minutes of my life and I've got to the end of the journey and I don't feel like I have learned anything or the characters have learned anything so I don't know what we're doing. Yeah. And the other one-two punch
1: of this for me Hmm. is in addition to the fact that the character never learns anything (laughs) and is never very sympathetic uh, except for a brief moment towards the end of the film is the is just the plausibility of it all yeah. i think it you either go with it or you don't mm. and i just find it so wildly in implausible the, the precision of it is the problem not like yeah. the, the general concept of hey if we plant this guy in mexico he's gonna go to the embassy and we can have a yeah, guy there like many knowing that stuff well but, he jumps
0: off he jumps off a roof From one side which makes sense if he jumped off from any other side he'd be dead like no psychology psychological test is going to give you a hundred percent degree of accuracy so did they have like crash pads all around the building like so if he jumped off the other side but if that's the case does everyone have to run out of the ballroom Shit, he's jumped off the... He's went off the wrong side. Run! Like, south
1: side, everybody. <laughs> south side. Everybody get to the south you know, side. He's going to be there.
0: It's too many... Like, movies yeah. Movies do that a, a We are big fans of horror movies. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. horror movies are predominantly predicated on that. You know, it's the idea of the girl runs upstairs instead of going out the front door. It's all It's all there. And I can, I can handle those small things that happen once or twice in a movie... This movie is directly dependent on absolutely every step being a known quantity. And if we'd had, like, a slip-up somewhere, and I'm trying to think it's been done before in other movies where... Um, I'm struggling to remember the one, but I, I saw a movie recently where there's an idea of someone's going through an experience that they think they're going through and they end up walking it the wrong bit and they're like, you know, you're, you're not supposed to be here yet. <laughs> Why are you here? Um, I want to say it's Cronenberg as well. I might have just made that up. Um, but like, the, the, like the, the idea that every detail would be meticulously planned out to the nth degree, plus variables just doesn't make sense to me and like i say if you're gonna if you're gonna do something as high concept i'm gonna start like i'm gonna approach it with a, a kind of a, a 3d chest sort of mind you know where i'm gonna be like well what happens if he didn't go in that door what happens if when the guys brought the guns out he like she never patted him down for a gun what happens if he was holding a gun and he started shooting like like what, what happens if the, the 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 car door didn't open when he went into the water or he he, he panicked What happens if he'd had a heart attack? understand the physical, but that still doesn't preclude having a heart attack. Um, What happens if he was in a car? Like, just loads of different things where it gets to the point where everything has to be 100% on, which I imagine is why there's a high price tag there, Bo. But unless this is The Matrix, unless this is on a Hollywood set, there's no way to guarantee that. And I think that was the frustration, like, another frustration at the end where I was like, it it just doesn't feel... Seven's not a plausible movie, right? By any stretch of the imagination. But there's something still weirdly grounded about it, whereas... It, it's lo-
1: it's consistent within its own framework. Yes, yeah, you know, whereas...
0: It, yeah, I see what you're saying, yeah. I think that's it. I think the game where it feels like could maybe necessarily be more grounded feels more fantastical.
1: Yeah, and, and especially watching it a second time mm. when you know what the gig is and the whole time you're just like but then how did how did this happen and what if he had done this instead and it just doesn't hang together like the usual suspects is a great example of a movie that kind of gets richer Mm. on on rewatches because you're like oh wow boy yeah yeah, you structured this so cleverly. Yeah. Or a memento or something where memento, it's like, God yeah, damn. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like th- this is a brilliant construction. Mm. And that's what this movie feels like it lacked. It, it's It's got the story for a really intricately crafted thriller, but the filmmaking itself doesn't feel that intricately crafted. And mm. it just feels a little sloppy and implausible and unrealistic and unsatisfying and and all the kind of wealth the the ideas of wealth and and people of privilege and stuff um i know it's going to be a while before we talk about it but it's just so much more interesting in a movie like mank yeah where it's more of the underdog story you know it is the guy who's flirting around the edges of power and privilege and that's just as a viewer that is almost universally more interesting than someone who's just super rich, having super rich problems.
0: Yes. <laughs> and
1: uh, you know, it, it's, there is a very specific audience for this movie and there's like a hundred thousand people for whom this movie is going to be like, you know what? That happened to me. Yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah, So I like, cause I've mentioned a few times, I wanted to kind of double down on and get the, the right phraseology here. Um, David Fincher admitted in interviews that he was not proud of the movie, explaining his working relationship with his wife, long-time producer uh, Cian Chafin, I think is how you pronounce that, Uh, the filmmaker said he picks her brain uh, and they often disagree. She was extremely vociferous, for instance, when she said, don't make the game. (laughs) I love this idea. She's like, don't do it. And he's like, I'm going to do it. Uh, to what she said. How about hi- if
1: you didn't make that movie? Well,
0: this is what he says. And in hindsight, my wife was right. We didn't figure out the third act and it was my fault because I thought if you could just keep your foot on the throttle, it would be liberating and funny. Which it was neither. Yeah. 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 So, you as, know. As my grandmother used to say, you know what thought thought? Thought thought that if he planted a feather in the ground, it would grow into like a chicken. So, there you go.
1: That's, that is nonsense, but it's the kind of nonsense <laughs> I respect.
0: Old people, right, Bo? Old people. Well, it's, uh, yeah,
1: it's, it's like, and also sort of the, those little regional idioms, I think are, <laughs> you know, uh, one of my favorites from the South is, uh, uh Lord Willen and the Creek Don't Rise. Mm, like mm, that one a lot. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, i like the re- old old people regional shit i'm getting old enough now that i, I can start using that shit <laughs> you can
0: start using and it, it makes
1: me very happy yeah i'm doing it all the time like you know you are you, are you gonna be there saturday lord will and the creek don't rise
0: <laughs> i love everything uh-huh. video. i love it i love it um i think i think we've, i think we I think we did fair on this one it's not a bad movie like I said before I think it's just it's, it's all smoke and mirrors and no real substance I think that's the problem whereas Seven was like was all substance in fact if anything it was too much substance this movie kind of feels like it's it's like it's like having a dumb magic trick that you already worked out how it was done explained to you by the person that did it you know what I mean? Or it's
1: all it's all flourish. It's all build up to the trick. Yeah, and then you get to the end, and and the instead of a trick, they just go ta da. Yeah. You're like, wait, I saw you put her in the cabinet, and and she you danced around it, and and you waved the wand. Yep, and then you just said ta da.
0: Yeah, she's still. I can see her. She's yeah. yeah she's, still, <laughs> she's still. She's good. right there in the
1: cabinet. <laughs> I said ta da. Yeah, ta da.
0: This is where you clap. Um. So yeah. yeah that's-
1: <laughs> Uh, it, it feels a little abbreviated.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so. Let's um, let's ask the question that I know all our listeners are eagerly anticipating uh, the rightful the rightful opinion that the game has now knocked off seven as the best movie from finch we've seen thus far i know that's what they're expecting let's see if that right. will happen uh, a yeah. lot of a lot of game
1: heads out there <laughs> listening tuning in for this one like oh finally somebody's <laughs> gonna give the game the respect it's due and then they hear the show and they're like damn you Duncan and bo once more you have turned your back on on we fans of the game <laughs> how dare you I spit on your show they
0: say <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah so as it stands, I said good day <laughs> I said good day um, as as a, as you know <laughs> when you listen to this show at the end what we do is we, we basically say from the movies we've seen thus far as part of the series what one reigns supreme Bo as you will remember on the previous episode we mm-hmm. said that Seven took the top spot after mm-hmm. watching the game is that still the case, or is the game the number one Fincher movie by '97?
1: I mean, it's still seven. Uh, <laughs> the game. Don't say feels... it so
0: dismissively. No one was patronizing.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, but that's how I feel about it. I feel a little patronizing <laughs> when it comes to the game, <laughs> because the game should have been the the game should have been the uh it it should have been a movie that, um like really expanded on Mm -hmm. seven or at least came close to that quality it feels like such this it feels like a movie other than the fact that it's it's shot well and it's colored well and all that stuff but it feels like a movie that kind of anybody could have directed in in that era of those kind of big budget hollywood thrillers Mm -hmm. and it's maybe a little bit better than like kiss the girls or something like that but it's in that ballpark and and it's weird to have Fincher, like at his best, what Fincher does is take kind of a, a genre or a subgenre and elevate it through, you know, writing and performance and direction and that kind of thing. Like Seven's uh, a serial killer cop movie that is elevated to mm-hmm. an extreme. And this could be, you know, that kind of twisty uh, conspiracy uh, kind of thriller and and be an incredible one in the right hands and and yeah it just nothing comes of it, um, I kind of think Alien Three is better than the game.
0: I'm I'm kind of weird. <laughs> I don't actually. You know, even, I don't certainly feel the movie guilty. I'd be more. I yeah, don't even I'd feel guilty seeing it. I would watch it before I watched the game again. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, what's interesting about it is um, if you look at uh, box office gross total. For these movies, Alien 3... Now, once again, Alien 3 is trading off a franchise, so it's always going to do, you know, well. Uh, grossed 159 million. Um, mm-hmm. Almost one hundred and sixty-seven grossed... <laughs> holy shit. Um, almost 330 million. Mm-hmm. Um, on a budget of 33 million, by the way. The game, which cost the same as Alien 3 to make, made 109 million. So it grossed less, and it's got Michael Douglas in it and Sean Penn. I think that speaks to. I think it's a very muddled movie. I think I think yeah. that probably. And ninety seven was the year of the thriller. This is a guy coming back after making arguably one of the most successful movies in ninety five. I don't see. I can't. I can't even remember what the. I got a feeling that even the the, the 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 kind of marketing for it wasn't great, um, but. Even then, though, no, I didn't take anything away from it. It d- didn't do well. That being said, but we we are going to go to a movie which, once again, maybe didn't necess- necessarily do gangbusters when it came out, but it has become a fucking huge cult movie nowadays. The next stop on our journey through David Fincher's back catalogue in episode number four will be Fight Club, which he did two years later, based on the Chuck Palahniuk novel. Is that how you pronounce his name? Palahniuk? Is that it? I think that's right. We'll go with that. Seems when a Scotsman says it, it's right, when an American says it, you need to get it right. That's what I've yeah. Like
1: I, just terrible Racist <laughs> generally. <laughs> Although I don't think Chuck Poloniak is actually uh, a white dude, but
0: I, I have no idea now. Like, we should we should not be saying things like that unless we've done research. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like we're throwing a lot of stones and glass houses here.
0: Well, maybe playing fast and loose. <laughs> like you just see, maybe and allegedly, uh, with everything that you say, you're covered, I believe. Uh, allegedly,
1: yes, yes. I le- um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're, go- we're going to Fight Club, and uh, this is going to be interesting because I think Fight Club is kind of fucking awesome, and Bo, you think Fight Club is? Um, you know, sort of kind of a sophomore (laughs) high
1: school wet dream
0: (laughs) Well, well, like maybe maybe Uh, yeah Uh, so
1: but I haven't seen it in years and I'm really excited I've been looking forward to watching it again because I saw it a couple of times when it came out and and in neither case was I like man Fight Club rules it was like Fight Club feels like a movie that I would have liked Ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, and and so I'm looking forward to watching as an adult and seeing if if I wasn't a little dismissive, perhaps.
0: Hmm. Well, we went through a lot since then <laughs> as a society that. Maybe you will be quite happy to see a character try and burn down the world. I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. Borans, though. We'll get. We'll get to the bottom of that. Ha <laughs> <But, laughs> ha! Plenty of other amazing movies um, still to come up on this season. Particularly looking forward to getting into Panic Room because, like I say, I've got a a very vague memory of of being kind of dismissive on that movie, and that's the kind of the flip roll reversal here. In that you're pretty high on that movie, and I'm kind of like, eh. uh, yeah. So i
1: it. I've watched it again yeah you told me and you were
0: like yeah this is
1: this is good yeah it holds up man like there's that is some quality Forrest Whitaker Mm, Uh, I I know it's a really it's small it's compact but it's it's well it is the opposite of something like the game game (laughs) where it feels like really big and sprawling Mm. and just like a bunch of loose threads that go nowhere whereas Panic Room is like no 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 what if it was all super contained and it's just a lot of scampering around this very small area and i really like it i think it's it's Again, unlike the game, really well constructed.
0: Nice. Well, we're going to find that. So the next two episodes are basically going to see us on opposite positions. But yeah. then June's, June's episode, which is where we come back together for the love fest on Zodiac. Um, Ugh, and that takes man. us to the halfway halfway point. I can't wait. There's so much cool stuff. This is the exciting thing about going through this, is even if you hit the game and you're like, oh, this is kind of feels like a step back. Zodiac is on the horizon. And yeah. Um, that movie is fucking masterclass so
1: <laughs> like, dude i mean i'm excited about th- this next episode when we talk about fight club mm-hmm. is i i think it's going to be a fascinating discussion because i i i, I can't predict how i'm going to feel about this movie <laughs> after not having seen it for you know 15 years
0: yeah oh man so this is see this is what we like me and bo have written in our notes tease the next episode <laughs> Tease uh-huh. it for those listeners because you know you know you want us to talk about Fight Club.
1: oh you gotta have it
0: well <laughs> you do tons of stuff i mentioned it yeah. up front you are a busy busy guy where can people check out the plethora of outputs that you have coming their way right now and before and in the future
1: okay so legion podcasts you can find us on all the social media there uh you can also find us at legionpodcasts.com uh, as for the stuff that I produce personally, um, I'm doing uh, Hero Hero Go Show, which uh, just dropped the third episode on the i-series today as we record this, mm-hmm. uh, uh, featuring the i3, a.k.a. the i10, a.k.a. the I Infinite. AKA the movie where people fart to make ghosts go away.
0: (laughs) I mean that that'll make anyone go away, to be honest.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's not just ghosts, but when that comes up in the movie, you're like, what is this? Um (laughs) It's nonsense is what it is, Duncan. Spoilers. Then there's uh Pick Six Movies, which is me and my buddy Chad doing uh, a a show in which we pick six movies every season uh the season being just kind of a a connected theme this season we are doing uh a flop is born is the name of the season it is all about uh movies where people try to cram musicians into a movie and see if they can get an acting career going possibly Mm -hmm. and it usually goes poorly
0: always well Uh, always well that's (laughs) fine
1: yeah so we just dropped the spice world episode which Mm -hmm. was uh for my money it was a very very funny episode and um so there's that there's Duncan and Bo come correct uh as you mentioned uh which is you and I right now talking about the uh slasher uh television series which we are almost (laughs) through Duncan we're almost through with it (laughs) and are through the first season at least season one
0: one of three just now
1: (laughs) and I will use that to point people over to the YouTube channel which is also Legion Podcasts, um, where you can see the the live video recording of that show, which we do every two weeks. Uh, and you can also get that that podcast in audio form. Also on the YouTube channel, you can find uh, our List of Legends show, which we do every month on the network, which is a bunch of people assembling to uh, put together a top 20 list of of something. And uh, so we'll be doing one of those next week. Um and yeah so a lot of stuff uh a lot a lot of fun stuff that we're doing over on the network so drop by and and say hello we got new sh- all kinds of new shows there's uh uh that that new mystery of all podcast show that uh, is all about weird history and stuff just at crop circles so if you want to know what's up with that we have the definitive answer um that's a big get for us and <laughs> solving crop circles <laughs> and uh and also uh, dread familiar which is kind of an audio drama horror podcast and uh,
0: yeah it's a lot of cool shit you should subscribe to legion podcasts there you go do it do it now do it now ladies and gents thank do you it now. <laughs> do it now uh- <laughs> you very much for checking out this episode of opera omnia we are back in one month's time taking a look at fight game but until then take care of yourselves and we'll speak Wait, did, you. You, did you say back to do fight game fight game yeah it's is a that com- the sequel it's a, combi- the it's a combination of the two movies together It's where in the middle of the movie um michael douglas realizes that he is deliberately trying to burn his own money to bring down the system Fight
1: game hashtag release the Snyder cut.
0: (laughs) Five years long ball, five years long. Yeah, we'll be back to discuss (laughs) Fight Club in one month's time. Fight game. I want you
1: to trick me as much as you can.
0: (laughs) When I step on your foot and (laughs) (laughs) not.
1: all right i'm sorry you're (laughs) close
0: yeah you can check us out doing fight club next month until then please take care of yourselves and we will speak to you next time (laughs)